Hi everyone. A couple of weeks ago it got to the end of term and we went to the park with a few of Aria's school friends that she's obviously in a bubble with and had a lovely time playing in the park but of course the inevitable moment came where it was time to leave and anybody with a five-year-old will know that depending on their tiredness level how willing they are to leave playing with their friends uh, varies and so on this particular day she was not going anywhere and eventually it came to that point where I just had to bite the bullet and grab her hand and gently guide her away. She was having a little bit of a meltdown to say the least and I was doing my best to stay calm. It had been a really pressured week work-wise for Pete and I and I was doing my best to kind of reach the Friday night finish line well but inside I could feel myself becoming more and more stressed and outside I was saying all the appropriate parental things like I know it's tricky to leave when you're having fun and I'm sorry to tear you away from your friends but it did not seem to assuage her in any way well we finally made it to the entrance of the park and we were about to cross the road to get back to our car and I was so focused on Aria, who was crying, sobbing, begging me to go back, pulling on my arm, that as I looked left, I, I noticed a car on its way, but it slowed down and it appeared to be stopping for us to allow us to cross the road. And I made that fatal mistake. I didn't look right. And actually that car was stopping to avoid three cyclists that were traveling in convoy. And the next thing I knew, as we took one step forward, I turned my head and saw them coming towards me. And it was like everything went into slow motion. And of course, one by one, they toppled off their bikes and were sprawled across the road. It was awful. My heart was racing. I felt terrible. I apologized. The good news is that nobody was hurt, everything was resolved, it was all okay, but I walked away feeling totally shaken. You see, in that moment, I had been so focused on the immediacy, the immediate pressured situation in front of me with Aria, that I had taken my eye off the ball and I had missed a vital part of the bigger picture. And that had a consequence. Back in February, I spoke a message entitled Into the Unknown and at the time when I brought that message to the church we were at a stage where we could still gather together. We were relatively comfortable weren't we? We had no idea what was about to happen and unfold in our world and I sensed that God was giving us an invitation to take his hand and to follow him into an unknown space, into a faith adventure where there would be danger, where there would be risk, where there would be uncertainty, but where our faith would grow and thrive and flourish if we would allow ourselves to venture into that space. Well, I guess at that time we were a little bit like me coming out of the park. We probably filtered that message through our own lens. Maybe for some of us it was through our own comfortable lens and 
that feeling of, oh, you know what, I've had my fair share of risk taking, I've had my fair share of faith adventures. I would just like to press the pause button here for a moment. Maybe for others of us, we were raring to get out there on the faith waters like Peter stepping out of the boat. But none of us really understood just how pivotal that message on venturing into the known would become. And here we are in August of the same year. And what seemed then like an invitation, like God gently inviting us to come into an unknown space with him, has now been inevitably thrust upon us. We have found ourselves plunged into the unknown as a result of a global pandemic. And while I absolutely confidently know that God was not the author of the pandemic, that is not the God that I know. He is a God of love. He is a God of unending goodness and he is not the author of sickness. I also know that the thing we can take heart from is that back in February 2020, although we may have been focused on this immediate situation and perhaps missed some of the bigger picture stuff that God was trying to talk to us about, he was gracious enough to prepare us for what's coming now. And a couple of weeks ago when I was having a bit of a difficult day, my eye was drawn again to my notes on that talk into the unknown. And as I read it, I began to hear from God in a whole new way. You see, the same points just seem to have an entirely different context now because I understood better what it feels like to be in the middle of the unknown. I understood better some of the unique pressures and trials that this season has held, not just for me, but for so many of us. And so there's some fresh revelation I want to share on the same talk this morning. I've never revisited a talk again with us as a church, but I cannot get away from this and the feeling that the first time around we were so focused on the immediacy of our current situation, we were excited for the year ahead, that perhaps there were some things that we missed with our immediate focus that would have helped us for the now. And God was preparing us then for this moment now. But I'm going to reframe it and I'm going to unpack an entirely different set of verses, this time from Isaiah 43. So I'm revisiting the unknown and the four points that I made, but I'm going to inject some very fresh perspective based on what we can understand now that I hope will really help us for the months ahead as we continue to follow God into this unknown world in front of us. So firstly, the unknown is an uncertain place. You only have to look at government leaders across the world at the moment to know that nobody really has the answers for the situation that we are facing right now. The, the experts, the leading experts can't tell us a definitive way to come out of this crisis. And when we feel the, the level of uncertainty that we have coexisted with now for weeks and weeks, fear and anxiety can really begin to rise in our hearts. And I know from talking to many of you, you have been struggling with heightened anxiety. You have been struggling with fear for the future, with very real fear for, for, for some of you um, who have perhaps lost jobs in this time or had very real hardship losing loved ones. Anxiety and fear 
are an inbuilt response. They're a mechanism that are hardwired into us and they're not actually, it's not actually a bad thing because they alert us to danger. They alert us to that risk. They alert us to the fact that all is not right. And that's true. Right now, everything is not as it should be. There is increased danger. There is increased threat. But against that backdrop, I believe God wants to speak to us as a church from Isaiah 43. He wants to speak into the uncertainty of our times because actually only he holds the answers for our future. Only he is the constant amidst all of the change and the uncertainty that we are navigating. So take a look with me at verses 1 and 2 of Isaiah 43. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze for I am the Lord your God. You see, right now we're following Jesus into an unknown space, a little bit like the Israelites when they left Egypt and God made an incredible way for them. We are in that wilderness space. We're not in the promised land. We're not yet in the new thing. And the wilderness is a difficult place. It's a, it's a hard and arid place. But I believe that what God wants to speak to you and to me against all of the uncertainty of this unknown future is a reassurance that firstly, we do not have to fear. I don't believe that when he was saying, do not fear to the Israelites in, in this verse that he was wagging his finger and telling them off. They were in exile when these words were being articulated to them. They were in an unfamiliar place and I'm sure that their fear levels would have been high. They were learning how to sing the Lord's song in a strange land and there was grief attached to that and there was pain attached to that and of course there was fear. But God spoke to them and he wants to speak to us in our own exile place. Don't be afraid. Do not fear. And then this next part of the promise. I will be with you. You see, nobody's certain. What's it going to happen even tomorrow? We're already seeing more areas in our country going back into some semi-lockdown. Across Europe, the dynamic is changing and across the world all the time. But God's promise is not to remove us from the world's problems. It's to be with us. When we pass through the waters and we can take heart from the fact that we're just passing through, this too will pass eventually. But when they feel like they're up to our neck, his promise is, I will be with you. When we pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over us. In other words, we may feel overwhelmed, but we're not going under. When we walk through the fire, when the pressure mounts, when the heat is on, as we will all have been feeling at different times on the Corona coaster, God's promise is that he will be with us. There is nowhere that we can go into this unknown future that is outside of God's presence. And we can take heart and we can take comfort and we can have courage because of that. He is with us in this. 
The unknown is also an uncomfortable place. And I know that if we were in church, I would hear some voices with a really big, loud yes and amen to that. This last however long, I've even lost count of the weeks now, has been so uncomfortable. It's pushed us to our limits. It's stretched our patience. It's made us feel completely without any kind of comfort zone or buffer. So many of the familiar things that we have relied on for our faith journey, for our worship, for our frame of reference for the future have been stripped away from us and it's painful and it's vulnerable and it's just so uncomfortable. The verses I'm about to share also in Isaiah 43 are often verses that are shared when there's an exciting sense for the future. Maybe on a vision day or perhaps at the beginning of a new year we might talk about these verses, God doing a new thing. But I feel that these verses are more relevant to us now than they have ever been as we plunge ourselves into this unknown, uncertain and uncomfortable future. It would be easy to lose heart and to lose sight of the bigger picture, like me leaving the park with a meltdown moment with Aria. So focused on the immediacy of my stress and my pressure, I missed the bigger picture in front of me. God doesn't want us to miss that there is a bigger picture at work in all of this right now. No, he wasn't the author of the global pandemic, but is he still building his kingdom? Absolutely. Is he still building his church? Absolutely. And this is what he says, verse 18 and the beginning of verse 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you now perceive it? You know, the thing that I take from these verses is not just the new thing. We'll get to that. But more importantly, what precedes that? God gives us this incredible reminder for the uncomfortable space that we find ourselves in. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. What does dwell mean? Well, it's to take up residence, it's to live or reside in a particular place. And if we are dwelling on the past, if we are looking back over our shoulder, if we're constantly hankering for the way things used to be, we might just be in danger of missing the bigger kingdom narrative that is unfolding at this unique moment in history. You see, I don't believe that we are going to go back to the way things were, and I've said that before. And I know for some of us that gets all the alarm bells ringing. But God is speaking to us at this time. He is changing us. He's recalibrating his church, ready for what lies ahead. And if we will have eyes to perceive it, then I believe we're going to be the stronger as we emerge from this crazy year and into the new world that will be on the other side. Don't look over your shoulder. Don't look back. The temptation is so strong when we're out of our comfort zone to hang on to what was. But God is urging us and asking us and taking our hand and saying, will you follow me here? Will you stop looking over your shoulder and focus on the bigger kingdom picture? You see, he is teaching us to live without many of the familiar reference points that may have anchored us in the world gone by. 
He's helping us to pitch our tents as children of God in that uncomfortable place of the unknown, to become less rigid, to become more flexible, to become better attuned to his voice and his spirit without being front-led in worship, without being front-led. He's teaching us to stand on the immovables of our faith rather than rely on all the extra bolt-ons that are nice to have. And I believe that at the other side, if we can perceive what he's doing, we'll be the richer for it. But it's horribly stretching and it's horribly painful to find ourselves in the uncomfortable part of the unknown space. Take heart. He's asking us not to look back, but he's also encouraging us that he is doing a new thing. God has not been thwarted in this season. I've heard so many people say things like, oh, you know, the enemy's just having a field day with churches not being able to gather. And I understand where people are coming from when they say that, but I think we've got it wrong. I don't think the enemy is having a field day in that regard. I think that God is very much alive and active and building his church in this season, but he's teaching us to navigate our faith without relying on all of the other trappings and he's growing us in this season. Will we follow him? The unknown is unpredictable. We can't control it. And so often when we feel out of control, we want to focus on an end destination. And I know for many of us, having heard the announcement that we're not going to be physically gathering in the building probably until January, we've probably now put that as a red letter day in our diary. But the truth is none of us know what's coming between now and then. Every single day, the landscape is changing and it's easy to feel out of control. The Israelites, when they headed into the wilderness, rejoiced at what God had done. But within a couple of verses and within three days, the Bible tells us, they were beginning to grumble and to complain in the wilderness. And that actually was the thing that defined their journey from that point onwards. God is asking us to pause even in this unpredictable time and find a posture of praise, even in the desert, even in the unpredictable place. You see, they found their song of praise, but soon it turned to voices that murmured and complained. And that grieved the heart of God. They didn't like the manner. They didn't like the fact that they couldn't see the way ahead. They got cranky with Moses. They got cranky with each other and they were really cranky with God. I know that we all have days where we feel like that. And I just see so much of myself in the Israelites at the moment. I've heard myself saying, oh, it's just like Groundhog Day every day. I'm so over this now. I've said it a few times and all it really does is perpetuate my heaviness. But listen, Isaiah 43 verses 20 to 21, God speaking into the unpredictability and this is his promise to us today. I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Listen, church, to follow Jesus is to become more like him. It's not a destination. It's not an outcome. And part of facing the unpredictable for us right now is knowing that we can't control the externals but we can control our internal response. 
Can we find a way to proclaim God's praise even in the wilderness? You see, he's providing water for us. There are streams in the wasteland for us to enjoy if we will only stop complaining and start proclaiming his praise here in the pressure, in all of those bits that don't look too much like Jesus. He wants to transform us to become more like him. No, we can't worship together in our building right now and I am missing that so much. But we can worship in the wilderness. Right here, right now, we can proclaim his praise. Worship is transportable because we are transportable. We're God's temple. Wherever we go, we, our lives, is an act of worship before him. We can worship him wherever we are. In the unpredictable moments of life, right now and into the unpredictable future that lies ahead and there's more change to come, I know it. There's a song for us to find even now. We are Skylarks and we can still proclaim his praise. And finally, the unknown is unprecedented. Yes, I used the word. You see, back in February 2020, when I brought this point to you, the word unprecedented had not been overused in the way it has now. I had no idea it was going to become such a buzzword for 2020. But here we are. And the media have used this word probably more in a context of fear and negativity. We've never been this way. It is unprecedented and of course it's unprecedentedly difficult. I'm not denying that. But the word unprecedented has other connotations. It means there is no precedent for this. In other words, it's entirely new. It's uncharted waters. It's unknown. And that's where verse 19 comes into its own. You see, God's promise right now is I'm in the unprecedented part of this. See I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Friends, I want to leave us with this thought that although we have never been this way before, although it's uncomfortable, it's stretching, it's challenging and it's downright tough, God is doing a new thing in us. And if we're so focused on our pressure and our pain, we could be in danger of missing the big picture. He is making a way in the wilderness. We might not have all the answers for the way ahead. We might not be able to see the fullness of the new thing that he is doing yet. But as sure as anything, he is innovating something new. He is reimagining and redesigning and repurposing his church with a capital C for all that lies ahead. And if we will embrace the new thing that God is doing, if we will allow ourselves to trust him and to follow him into this unknown space, we have no choice. But how we follow him matters. You see, we've been plunged into the unknown, but we can choose how we take our next steps. Will we look back over our shoulder and become those who complain about what we wish could be? Or will we be those who take a deep breath and say, okay, it's gonna be hard, but he's with me and he's doing something new. And the reason I can't see it or perceive it fully yet is because it doesn't exist. Away in the wilderness, streams in the desert, 
those things don't naturally exist. You don't find streams in the desert. You don't find a way in the wilderness. God's doing something incredible. He is creating something new and what looks impossible and unpassable right now is going to, when we look back with hindsight in years to come, look like a trail that he blazed for us and that we were able to lead others behind us safely through to the other side. And when we get to the other side, if we have embraced the unknown rather than in resisting it in this season of time, I believe that the church that emerges will not look anything like the world has seen before. It will look breathtaking. It will look ready and relevant to face the challenges that lie ahead in the unknown world in front of us. And we will look back and see just how far God has brought us, how he pioneered a pathway for you and for me in the wilderness. So the challenge for us today is will we trust him as we follow him into this unknown space? Will we willingly take his hand and although we don't have all the answers, commit our way ahead to him? I'm going to leave you with a quote this morning from Corrie Ten Boom. She says this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Do not fear. I will be with you. Don't Look back, forget the former things. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Have a great week, church. Thank you, Nikki, for that message. Let's just take a moment to respond to what we've heard, shall we? Sometimes it's really easy to just listen and move on to the next thing in life, but let's just pause. Lord, we pray this morning that we would have the courage to follow you well into the unknown. Lord, help us to be those who don't spend all of our time looking over our shoulder to what was, but help us to be able to embrace the new, knowing that you are with us every single step of the way. Thank you that you take us into the unknown and so therefore we are never ever alone and maybe for some of you today you're feeling like you don't know this Jesus yet but you'd love to and you'd love to take the first step on that faith adventure with him today I'm gonna to pray a prayer now and you can just join in with me in your heart or out loud if you'd like to if you say amen at the end that's absolutely fantastic that just means you agree with what I've just prayed so why don't I pray for you now dear Jesus I am up for coming on an adventure with you into the unknown I give you my heart I give you my life my hopes and my dreams and I receive your love and I receive your promise to be with me every step of the way thank you that you love me I'm up for this adventure. Amen. You know, if you prayed that for the first time today, we would love to be able to get into contact with you. So why don't you drop us a text or an email? The details are on the screen now. That is it. That's all we've got time for today. We hope you have had a fantastic morning with us. We have loved it. 
yes, Mark II is up and running. Have a fantastic week. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you really soon. Bye. Thank you.